Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church located in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you will hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a message from our global missions and prayer pastor, Vicente Perez. All right. Oh, yeah, it is on. Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. How are you guys doing? All right. I want to say welcome again. Welcome to a celebration. And welcome those who are watching online. It is such a blessing that we can get to be part of your family. You're part of our family. And if you're not here in the Twin Cities, we hope that next time you're here with us present. But uh, welcome those watching online. And yes, we're in this series called Christ Among Us. Uh, between services, somebody reached out to me and said, you know, when I heard it was going to be a big missions again, I was like, oh my gosh, for an hour, we're going to hear about missions. First of all, they said, right, for an hour, they're going to hear, an hour, they're going to hear about missions. It's not going to be an hour from me. It's okay. It might be. But uh, after, after the fact, they, they were pleased. I think, I think they were a little bit challenged, so I hope we get to be challenged today as well. But before we, uh, we start, you know, uh, Dave, Pastor David Wynn is our graphic design here. He creates just wonderful work here. And uh, the first time I saw this design on Christ among, among Us, it was very little, so I didn't really see the detail. But then when it was shown here on this big screen, look at this. You see Jesus there? That's a very white Jesus. Somebody said, oh, you might be offending people. I don't think Jesus was that white. But anyway, so welcome to our white Jesus and Christ among us. It's all right. Now, we're going to be in the book of Romans, Romans 1 and Romans 3. But really, we're talking about sending, sending today. All right. And uh, Jesus is the one who actually told us that we needed to go because he was sending us. So he said, go and make disciples, make disciples of all nations. The question is, really, why? Why do we have to go? Why do we have to send and make disciples? Well, I want you to please look at the map that is behind me, hopefully. It's a map from uh, Joshua uh, Project. Is it there? It is there. All right. And uh, this really tells us the story as of what it is today, actually, 2021. Um, three main colors you want to look for. Obviously, we have green, we have yellow, and red. Let me tell you what each of them mean. Uh, the countries in green show really that the gospel is present today, meaning they have access to uh, churches, uh, Bibles, schools, missionaries, you name it. It's relatively easy, if not very easy, to hear the gospel. Now, countries in yellow represent that there still are rich, but the amount of gospel be preached is very, very low, not widespread. Maybe at one point in history, it was really widely spread, um, but not today. Or maybe uh, the gospel has been introduced, and, uh, you know, like I say, it's not widely spread, but there we are. But now the red one, and of course, uh, 
There's a bunch of red nations, and there are spots, I don't know if you can see some spots here and there that are red. Those represent areas where the unreached, unreached people live. These are not lost people. We're not talking about lost people. We know that we have lost people everywhere. There are lost people here in the Twin Cities, here in the state, whatever. But we're talking about people that really have not heard the gospel of Jesus. For that matter, they have never heard the name Jesus. And uh, that means that really there's no churches there. Or maybe if there are churches, just a few of them. There's no missionaries, there's no schools, perhaps no Bibles, things like that. So certainly, unless something happens, they're in their lifetime are not going to hear the gospel of Jesus. It just so happens that if we divide the, the world population into people's groups, you know, those who share this you know, common language, culture, whatever, um, 42%, 42% of those people's groups have not been reached yet. To make it more understandable, at least for me, that translates to 3.2 billion people that have not been reached. 3.2 billion with a B as in boy, that's a lot, a lot of people. Now, but you can say, wait, wait a minute, Pastor, because, hey, I know of people in my office. I know people in my neighborhood. I know people in the cities that they don't know about Jesus. They, it, it's not like they are not reachable or they are unreached. Why do I say that? Because if you're in the office and there is somebody who has never heard about Jesus, you're it. You're the one who have to reach them. In your neighbors, in the city, wherever you are. So they can be reached. Therefore, they're not unreachable, although they might be lost. Now, so we're talking today about people primarily in the red zones. Not exclusively, but primarily in the red zones. And again, unless somebody goes, or unless somebody who is there already preaches the gospel, shares the gospel, most likely these folks are not going to hear about Jesus. So, now, what happens, because we got to ask this question, then, well, what happens if really we don't send anybody to those red zones, for instance? Well, what happens to those 3.2 billion people if we don't get the gospel to them? After all, you know, we have our own problems, our own challenges. We need to grow our own faith. In fact, we have lost people, maybe in our own families. Should we really focus on others and not us? Well, Jesus said, go. He is sending us. Therefore, both lost and unreached should be our focus. All right. Is it time to switch to a mic or... You let me know if you need me to. Oh, okay, whatever. All right. <laughs> so Jesus commanded us. I'm trying to behave and not move, but I don't know. We'll see. Jesus commanded us to really go, preach, share our testimonies, talk to people about the good news. Why? Why? Well, I would like to submit to you that if we don't do that, in other words, if they don't hear the good news of the gospel, we need to understand that their destination after this life is going to be an eternal life apart 
from the Lord. In other words, not in heaven, but in hell. Now, today we're all about justice and demonstrations and go protest, you know. We protest and we walk the streets and say, you know, what the Jews are doing in Gaza is wrong. What the terrorists in Gaza are doing in Israel is wrong. What uh, the political parties are doing is wrong. And then we go demonstrate. What they're paying me at work is not right or not enough. And we have all these protests. Pro protests? Yeah. And I'm not here suggesting that they're not deserving of our protests and demonstrations. But the question is, where is the outrage of the church for the, what I would say is the biggest injustice in the world today? 3.2 billion, pe billion people not being able to reach the gospel. We should not necessarily be in the streets screaming at people. We should do something. So, why? Why is it that we don't, why is it that sometimes this is something that we take very lightly, all right? Why? Well, I have uh, maybe uh, two theories. Either not many people know about this problem, are unaware of the situation, and after this morning, uh, you cannot be in that camp. You will know, or you know. Or, perhaps even worse, some people, perhaps not us, or perhaps us, may think that if you have never heard the gospel of Jesus, in essence, you will be okay after you die. After all, if you don't know, you cannot be held accountable, right? We could think that. Anybody thinks like that here? All right, you're okay. Don't tell me the truth. I used to. I used to think about that. I say, God is a God of mercy. He's not going to let those people go to hell. Well, but then we need to go to the scriptures and understand what is right. So let me propose to you the reasons why I think Jesus is sending everybody to reach them. Who's them? Those who have never heard. And I'm going to my notes now, or their notes. Point one, Jesus is sending us because of sin. Jesus is sending us because of sin. What do you mean? Well, let's go to Romans, all right? I told you we're going to be in Romans 1 and Romans 3. Romans 1, but let's take it from verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless, godlessness. I'm having a hard time pronouncing that word. Godlessness. Is that right? Well, you didn't volunteer to pronounce it, but that's okay. And with wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Here's the key thing. Since what may be known about God, about God is plain to them. Let me read that again, because this them really is all of us, everybody. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. 
Because God has made it plain to them. Here's the Lord saying, hey, I have revealed myself to everybody. And I have made it in a very plain way. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. In other words, we should wonder about the creation and marvel to it and recognize that there is a God, God the creator. So that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, and by the way, I think this really applies to all of us before knowing the Lord. Certainly applies to me. For what? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, oh, we're so smart, we're so intelligent, we'll figure things out. They claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged. And we can look at the whole world and unfortunately see that this is true today. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles and I would add to that and homes and cars and money and comfort. Now let's jump to Romans 3 for a minute. Romans 3, verses 10 to 12. This is Paul writing to Romans. Romans, by the way, I hope you go home and you read Romans because Romans start with the reality of who we were, perhaps are, but presents us such a beautiful way out of who we were. Read Romans 1, 2, and 3. So we understand, number one, where we came from, but most importantly, where many people are today. So as it is written, there is, okay, so the Bible, when the Bible repeats a concept, repeats something, the Bible is telling us, this is important, pay attention, all right? If you read it, you know, twice, it's oh, three times, it's like, oh my gosh, you're gonna write it down. <laughs> well, let's see here. There is no one righteous. Not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. Not even one. The Bible, I think, is trying to be very clear as to who is justified without the Lord. No one. All people are sinners before God. And unless I have not learned the gospel correctly, unless my theology is mistaken, which if it is, correct me today, that's the starting starting point for everybody. We all start as sinners. Past generations, today's generations, tomorrow's generations. That's the reality. 
starting point. So here's the implication here. Here's the implication. That's important. What happens then to those who have never heard the gospel of Jesus? All right? I can tell you I have a very clear understanding of me and my situation. 22 years ago, I turned my life around because I accepted, I came to know the Lord, all right? But I know what my situation, my ad, listen, 22 years ago, I changed zip codes. And I'm not talking change from house to house. I changed the zip code of my destiny. But it's not about me. Let's talk about what happens to those who will never hear, possibly, about Jesus. And of course, we know as we look at the people around the world, we say, but wait a minute, those are good men, good women, good children. We could argue that maybe not hearing about the gospel makes a person innocent or just. In other words, not guilty before God. And that they will go to heaven. Still, you hear me good? I don't know, I have, okay, you hear me good. If you don't, you tell me. Now, I'm not saying we all think like that, but maybe people do. Because this is an argument that can be made or could be made. If not hearing the gospel justifies before the Lord, then I should be very upset. I'm going to tell you why I should be upset. I should be upset with my mom because she talked to me about God. I used to live in Colombia. That's where I'm from. I used to be upset at the Catholic Church because they tried to, you know, shove down, shove down Jesus on me. But primarily, I should be very upset at Celebration Church because 22 years ago, somebody there had the audacity to preach the gospel to me. Well, let's see what Romans, again, 3, 19 and 20 say. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, all right, if you don't know Jesus, you're under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world, not just a couple people in their sin, the whole world held accountable to God. We're going to be accountable to God, you and me. But guess what? So are the 3.2 billion people. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous. These are right, suburbs. Nobody will be declared righteous in God's sight by the words of the law. In other words, those good people out there, those good people around the world, they're trying their best. Is that enough? Not according to the word. Because it's not according to words of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. The problem is not a single person is innocent. You were not innocent. I was not innocent. Not one. All people 
This is hard to swallow, all right? But it is this, the gospel. All people are condemned for, for rejecting God, and that is true whether you hear the gospel or you reject it. Are we all in agreement? Is everybody in agreement? In our own understanding. We perhaps may want to think or believe that since God is a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God that in 2 Peter 3, 9 says, he wants no one to perish, right? That's God. Then if you never heard the gospel or his plan of salvation, maybe you do get a free pass to heaven. After all, what good God would send someone to hell for not knowing about him? But if this is true, that if you have never heard the gospel, you get a free pass to heaven, then why are we sending people to places where they have never heard, to the unreached people groups. Why should we even care or dare think of those, about those 3.2 billion people? Yesterday, um, a group of us from Celebration Español went out to the streets and we uh, went out there to distribute, distribute um, Bible tracts. Have you seen one of these? Lately, they're not used much. Yeah, you're right. They're not used much in the American church, but we use it in the Spanish church. And they're very effective, all right? You just pass them around, the gospel. I know you've heard that Dave Elder here, uh, he preaches the gospel primarily to the Muslim uh, population, but those who do not know the Lord on a weekly basis. We pray for them every week. And no doubt that each one of you here and those watching at home, try your best to preach the gospel. Well, here's the problem. If we dare think that if you never heard the gospel, you're free or you get a free pass to heaven, then by me giving a Bible track, by me sharing or preaching the gospel, by me presenting the good news of Jesus, are we helping or are we indeed condemning people who hear? If they didn't know, they were okay. Now they know they might be in trouble. Are you following me? Yes. Thank you, those 20 who are. Now, I would also see, say that Jesus himself would have been wrong at sending us, right? Well, will you send us? If I was maybe before upset because how dare God would send those who never heard, you know, to a place away from him, well, I'd be even more upset with Jesus for sending us and just making the life of those 3.2 billion people horrible. What is it, horrible really? Well, before they went to heaven, now they have to choose. You follow me? The problem, church, is that we're very good and fast at pointing fingers at God, or we blame Him 
or excuse him, and he deserves none of that. The truth is, Romans 1, 2, and part 3 really exposes our nature without God. We're guilty, and so are they. So are they. So, what is the real reason for sending? Well, I would propose to you, number two, that he says send them because of him. Because of Jesus. Because just when you think maybe all hope is lost because of our sinful nature, then here comes the Lord. But God. Continuing on Romans 3, verse 21 says, But now apart from the law, and now we're addressing Jesus in our lives, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify, the Lord Jesus. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned. And we know this. We've heard this so many times. Come on. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, because of our sin, we're separate from the Lord. Or separated. And all are justified freely by His grace. How? Well, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood received by faith. This is the good news of the gospel because God made a way for you and God has made a way for the 3.2 billion people. Guess what? God loves them as much. Oh. Are you guys okay? Are you guys here? God loves them as much as he loves you and me. Do you believe that? But guess what? He also says, now you love everybody. Love your neighbor. Guess who your neighbor is? It's not just your neighbor, same zip code. It's also those 3.2 billion people. How much do we love them? The essence of the gospel. You and I, because our sinful nature resulting in us rejecting God, we deserve to be separated from him for eternity. Yet God, for his love to his creation or for his creation, a way through Jesus for you and me to be justified before him. So our destiny, listen to this, is important. Our destiny is no longer to be creation rather being sons and daughters of the living God and destined to be with him for eternity and destined to fulfill his plans forever. And those 3.2 billion people deserve the same thing you and I got today. At least they deserve the right to choose or reject It turns out that the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection is not just for us to feel very happy and comfortable here in these seats. It's also for them. 
22 years ago, I realized my condition before God. I put my trust in him. I repented of my sins. And through Jesus, I was made new and justified before God. So now I can boldly and freely call God, not just God, but Father, Abba, Papa. And I know my destiny after this life. I know all the plans for this life and the life to come. So if all that has been done to me, the very least that I should do is return the favor. And you guys are on the same, are on the same boat. So either for me, I go or I send. If we call ourselves Christians, all right, um, and we believe in Jesus, meaning we're followers of Jesus, we have to understand that we cannot be a part, together with God without Jesus. Jesus is the glue that brings us together when we place our faith and our hope in him. Let me show you these three scriptures, very well known, but just a, a review, Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by, to mankind by which we must be saved. No other name. That means there is no other name. John 14, 6. I am the way. This is Jesus. The way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. There is no other path. There is no other religion. There is no other faith. There is only one way. And that's our faith in Jesus. Romans 10. Romans 10. And this is why we go. Because of him. Because of Jesus. Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. What name? All right. What is the name they call those 3.2 billion people? It's not Jesus. They haven't heard. Now, then, and now this is a progression. Somehow, for some reason, the apostle Paul wrote this, I believe, in reverse. So it works anyway. Can they... How can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And here's the key. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And that's where this whole equation breaks down. If we don't send them, what happens? Nobody's going to preach to them. They will not hear, they will not have faith, and guess where the destination is? Who's sending? We are, thank you, or we must. Now we just celebration church, the church of Christ around the world, and yes, we're part of it. So if we believe this, it should be imperative for us to take the gospel to every nation, to every people group. No matter where. And this burden should wait on us, not just during November. Month of missions. And I'm glad, Pastor says, this is who we are. This is why we exist. 
Not just we celebration, the church of Christ. There should be an urgency to take the gospel to many people, as many people as humanly possible. So now, somebody, somebody may say, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. But doesn't God like show himself, show himself in dreams and uh, in visions and you know things like that, uh, or even uh, through a piece of literature? Yes, yes, it is. But let me ask you this: How do how did you hear that the Lord showed Himself in a vision to a man that is in the lost parts of Africa or Asia? You heard it because that person, he or she, did not keep it to himself or herself. They share their experience. They share the gospel. And he came all the way here to us in America. It requires people. (laughs) Point three. Point three. Where are we? Good. Why are we sending? Big, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm a Becky. <laughs> because we can. Yes, we can. Yes, because we, not just because, not just because of Jesus, but because you and I can. We have to understand that unreached does not mean unreachable. Unreached does not mean Unreachable. It only means unreached. They have not been reached yet. Not that we cannot reach them. You see the difference? Now, of course, we don't do this by ourselves individually. We do it collectively. Collectively, yes, we can. We have more opportunities to spread the gospel today than ever before. Imagine the disciples, the apostles... First church, imagine they've had access to social media. You know, it took months for them to go from one place to another. A letter. Do you know how long it took the letter of Paul to reach the destination? Months. For us, it's like a text. Somebody said, so I should not be leaning into the, yeah, that's right. I remember, Pastor. Sorry about that. I don't want to. I'm a little bit heavier than you, so I'm, okay. Just a little bit. What am I saying? Somebody said <laughs> that social media is the biggest tool we have today to bring the gospel to the nations. Why are we not using that? Because we're so interested in the likes or dislikes and all that stuff. Instead of sharing the gospel. Not throwing and condemning people. Sharing the gospel. Today. If you're in the house. If you're in the house. Doctors. You have a doctor here? Nurses. Teachers, do you guys work? (laughs) Business people, do I get anybody? Okay, now, yeah, a bunch of business people. Pastor, a bunch of business people. You have, today, you have access to those countries in red. 
Now, if you show up and say, I'm a missionary, I'm going to share the gospel, they're going to say, well, thank you so much, just stay in your land. But if you say, hey, I'm here to help, you have access. And even if you're a missionary, if we sarcastically believe, well, you know, what kind of person do? If you don't think a person, whether a professional, a missionary, somebody going there to share, share the, can be successful at that, it's not the problem. It's because perhaps you and I don't think that we will share the gospel here at home or that that is not effective. We need to send those who God has called to go. A Taste of Nation, I, I asked a missionary. I cannot say the name because she is in a sensitive country or she would be there. And I said, okay, wait a minute. Why We're dead. Oh, not yet. Can I? Well, uh, let me have this. So I'm sick and tired. All right. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Hello. Hello. All right. There we are. I like this voice better. <laughs> Deeper. Anyway, so I asked uh, this, this girl, hey, why should we care? Why should we even be sending money to you? Why don't you find a job and then you just, you know, make your living while you share the gospel? Why is the burden on us? And I did not know the answer, but this is what she said. If you remember, she said, yeah, well, it would take a full-time job and a full year for me to just earn enough to buy my ticket back home. Now we could say, well, then don't eat for a year. Don't do anything. Just get your ticket. But that's not reality. Can we do more? Yes, we can. Can we support her? Yes, we can. Look at this. There's a big graphic there. Uh-huh. This is crazy. In the year 2021, Christians, this is Christians around the world, everybody around the world, made a com combined annual income of $51 trillion. I don't know what that means. Somebody said it's a number with a bunch of zeros. I'm like, yes, because that's the best explanation we can. A bunch. Now, those Christians, us among them, donated about $848 billion to Christian causes. So, oh, can I get the previous one, please? Or not. All right. And, oh, there it is. There it is. So green is all the money Christians made. That's really good. Red is the money people are giving to the church. Not so good in my mind. Why? Let's look at that piece. 848 billion. 82% of that money. Now you can go to the next one. Thank you. 82% stays in local churches. 12% go to ministries in their own country. Less than 6% goes to missions in other countries. And get this, only 1% goes to the red zone to those unreached. 1%. To make it more digestible, 
If a person makes $100,000 a year, that person gives $1 so we can reach the red zone. Now, if you're given a dollar, praise God. Better than nothing, but is that enough? Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, what happens? There your heart will be also. It tells us what's in our heart. We spend most of our money on ourselves, making us comfortable. What would happen, church, if we had all of a sudden wooden benches? Have you thought of that? You would cut the worship shorter. You would never invite Pastor Vicente to preach, and Pastor Terry would have to just fly through the message because this is uncomfortable. Am I, am I making you feel a little bit, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. One percent, we're not doing enough. Now, we could argue, but I'm just a person. I'm just one person. But you know what? On the other side, there's also one person. There is 3.2 billion of them, but that's one person. Jesus sent us to do this. Make this up of all the nations and all ethnic groups through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I happen to believe that if Jesus tells us to do something, it's because he knows we can. He's not asking us to do something that is beyond our means or something that is absolutely unaccomplishable for us. We can. We can. All together, we can. So let me, let me um, ask you this. See, see if you are with me or not. Do you know that when Jesus came to earth, he was fully man and fully God? Yes or no? Did that change when he went back to heaven? He didn't. No, he didn't. He is God. Everything. He's completely deity. But he never renounced his being a man. He became a man forever, folks. Now, if Jesus were to show up today, Jesus the man, would he sit there and just listen to Pastor Vicente preach? A young girl says, uh -uh, no way, for maybe different reasons. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Now, is Jesus God with us? Yes, he is. He's promised never to leave us nor to forsake us. So he is with us in every gathering everywhere. So God, Jesus is here. But God the man, I don't think he would be sitting here knowing that 3.2 billion people don't know about him. You know what he would do? Hey, who would like to go with me? I'm busy. I'm busy and I don't have time. All right, then I'm going to go. Can you help me buy the tickets? I'm like, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Black Friday. That's, listen, that's us. That's me. We know that wherever we send somebody, Somebody's going to say yes. Guarantee. Why? Well, because Revelation 7, 9 says, people from every nation, every tribe, every people and language. That means that 
to fulfill Revelation 7, there has to be a representative from every ethnic group, at least one. So therefore, if we send somebody to a place that has never heard the gospel, at least one will say yes. It's a guarantee. So why wouldn't we do it? Amen. So he's asking us either to go or to send because we can. But he is also sending us today because we are. Because we are. And this is the good news. I want to talk about celebration. We are. What do you mean we are? Here at Celebration, we're not just watching the train go by. We're doing something. We're doing a lot. We're doing terrific. What are we doing? Well, some people may say you're not doing enough. Some people say you're doing too much. Some people may say you're doing enough. I would submit to you that as we celebrate what we do, we also could do more. We could do more. Our call is to pray, to send, and to go. And we're doing all three, by the way. I want you to take joy in that. We're doing all three. We're praying, yes. But are we praying with the urgency that this requires? I don't know. We're sending, yes we are. But could we send more, perhaps? We're going, yes we are, but should we maybe go more? I think we should. Two Sundays ago, Pastor Derek was talking about opportunities for giving, giving to missions through Kingdom Builders. Even today, I hope when you came in, did you get this card? If you did, show it to me. Uh, previous, okay, nobody's going to show it to me. Nobody has gotten this card. Have you gotten this card? Oh yeah, where is it? You probably got it two weeks ago. You probably got it a week ago. You probably got it at Taste of Nature. But did you get it today? No, you didn't. Host, if we have any cards, here's what I would like you to do. If you didn't get a card today, I know you have one at home and, you know, that's awesome. But if you did not get a card today, lift your, your hand and hopefully we can get some to you. All right. So I see no hands. That means you all got it. You guys drive me crazy. Moving on. <laughs> now, last week, Pastor Derek spoke about going, going Locally, going global. See, there is uh, somebody with cards. So, again, if you want to lift there, there are some people here. Thank you. Uh, hey, Pastor David. Yes. Okay. So, um, month of missions. What we want is for you to understand who are the ministries and the organizations we work with, that we partner with. Who are um, the missionaries that we're sending, some of them. Um, who are the ones that we partner with to bring help, to bring support? All right. All that is in this missions book, Kingdom Builders, Missions 2024. Now, if you were a Taste of Nation, you probably got a copy. If you did not get a copy of it, all right, and this is, again, our heart for missions here at Celebration, on your way out in between the exit doors, there is plenty of these books. Just make sure one member of your family grabs a copy, all right? And just, this is for you, it's a gift for you, but it's not just a gift to put down and look pretty, it's a gift for you to go through it and read and understand, all right? Now, even though we don't, I have to make this disclosure, even though we don't have all the missionaries here, we have a lot of missionaries that are listed, you're gonna notice that some missionaries 
in their picture, there is kind of a red eye symbol. Or that's important because for those missionaries, sharing the gospel may not be allowed. And once again, here they come. I'm supposed to tell them where I'm ready, um, but it's not for two more pages. But okay, come on, welcome, guys. Don't you dare start praying, uh, playing because it drives me crazy. Uh, so, if it, when you get this, please, this is for you. Don't leave these uh, at a public place. Don't take a picture of somebody with a red eye and put it on social media. Let's not do that. That's important because it's prohibited for them. Okay. Now, in this book, you're going to learn about the four global uh, mission trips. You're going to learn about the nine. Um, cultural experience trip. So it's important for you to sign up. Hey, spaces are filling up quickly. So you want to do that quickly. Now, Pastor Dan also next week is going to talk to us about the local partners, the companies we, organizations that we partner with to bring help in our communities. But today we're talking about sending, sending, sending. Do you know that this year we sent, meaning we provided financial support, even though not the same level, which hopefully we will, to 43 individual missionaries or family units, 43. That is something to celebrate. And that's, that's absolutely phenomenal. But the opportunities and the needs are great. As a, I always forget what Pastor Derek calls me, global something or other, as the, uh, as whatever, as Vicente, um, I meet with a lot of missionaries. Not that we go out and say, hey, any missionaries come here, we're going to help you. No, we wait for the Lord to bring missionaries to us. And we know that within these walls, the Lord is going to raise missionaries. Remember, there is a goal that we have for the next 10 years. I'm not going to say it's going to take 10 years, but the Lord is about to call you, some of you, and we need to be ready to send you. But when the Lord brings people here, missionaries saying, could you partner with us? You know what the worst thing that we can do is? Say no. I'm tired of sometimes saying no. Or not now. Or maybe later. These are people that God has called to go to the nations and preach the gospel. How dare we say no? If we don't have the means, we have to say no. We need to change that celebration. Again, we're not saying anybody who wants to go come to celebration. No, those who the Lord brings to us. Would you partner with me to do so? Well, let me tell you, I'm not actually asking you to partner with me. And by the way, just so you know that I'm not here just blowing bubbles. My family and I believe in this. We, my wife and I, support three individual missionaries, and we give to the missions, Kingdom, kingdom Builders bucket. I'm not going to tell you how much, because you're going to say that's too much, too little, or nothing. I don't care. But we do. So I'm not asking you to partner with me. I'm not even asking you to partner with celebration. I'm asking you to partner with God in obedience. In obedience. You guys can play. I mean, because it would be weird just to stand there. So go ahead, play. <laughs> My gosh. Now you heard Pastor Derek talk about the need to raise $50,000. $50,000 from here to the end of the year. That is for us to continue our commitment with the missionaries we're supporting, but also to work with the church in Kazakhstan in translation of the Bibles in their native language and all that stuff. We need money. 
a taste of nations somebody came and gave a check for fifteen hundred dollars for that cause that's an awesome start i'm not suggesting you do the same thing i'm suggesting you do the same thing but i'm not suggesting any amount do what the lord puts in your heart and for next year 2024 our goal is to reach five hundred thousand dollars that's half a million dollars can we do it yes we can it takes remember pastor talking about giving sacrificially it takes a little bit of saying no to certain things not to your complete lifestyle but certain things so you get on the program with the lord with the lord we need to obey we need to go we need to send one person cannot do it but we all can we all can let me just close because really this is it folks this is it our opportunity to give this card that you receive i love this card because it shows ways for us to participate if you can I want you to hold this card high just hold it high if you don't have it it's okay maybe you want to hold even your notes if you already have this card at home it doesn't matter let's pray over these cards we're gonna have a worship song and pastor David Wynn is gonna come and close the service so lift this high because I'm gonna tell you this this is not just words on a paper this represents people unrich people so father i ask that you reveal your heart for missions jesus you are the greatest missionary of all teach us lord convict us move us shake us if you must let us understand that you decided not to do it yourself you could but to go and work through your people. We are your people, your sons and daughters. So Father, I ask that these words on this card become real, become your voice, and we in obedience do our part, whatever that is, whatever that is. But let no one just sit or stay behind. We all wanna be a part of this. We all wanna be a part of the sending. You're coming back soon. Let us prepare the way of the Lord. Let us bring the gospel of the good news around the world. Let us be the church that you're counting on. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together the Lord. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.